This is Town Square Sunday on demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. Good morning and welcome to Town Square Sunday. My name is Jim Phillips. This is the program that strives to make the South Coast a better place to live and work. We've been talking about COVID-19 since 2020, and I know that all of us are pretty tired of it, but finally there are some signs that the virus may be slowly diminishing. I didn't say disappearing now, but diminishing. Um, There have been COVID cases during the winter, but the severity of those cases has lessened over the last year, and now the CDC is getting ready to do away with the five-day isolation period for when you start to feel better. We're going to talk with Cheryl Bartlett, who is the former commissioner of public health from Massachusetts and currently the chief executive officer for the New Bedford Community Health Center. She has been our go-to person on COVID pretty much, and she's here with us today. Cheryl, good morning. Good morning, Jim. Uh, We are ready to, uh, are we ready really to put COVID-19 in the rearview mirror? Well, I don't think it's ever going to be completely in the rearview mirror. It may be very distant, but I think it's going to be more aligned with how we've managed flu all these years. So Mm -hmm. I think we have flu and COVID and and now a little bit of RSV to worry about. All right. So um, are you still seeing cases of COVID at the Community Health Center? What are you seeing, really? We are. And sometimes statistics can be deceiving because if you only test Four people and two test positive will say 50% of people have COVID, but that's four people and that tested. So keeping that in mind, we've seen some numbers spike, but much fewer people are testing at health centers. I think more people test at home now. We definitely saw a bump around the holidays, particularly Christmas, starting after Thanksgiving, a little bit of increasing And then Christmas and New Year's, definitely, we had a lot of staff out, and we went back to uh, full masking for a period, and we have now just eased back to people voluntarily masking, encouraging the clinicians when they're facing the patients to wear masks, and asking our patients, but not requiring masks. Okay. Uh, What other diseases are people walking through the door with? You mentioned the flu, of course, which is with yeah. us all the time. It uh, is. And uh, what is it, RSV? RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. <laughs> uh, we saw more of that in the earlier fall. I'm going to say October-ish, November. That kind of died down. Then COVID came up and flu came up together. COVID, I think, has gone down a little bit farther than flu. We also are seeing that people are getting vaccinated less. Even people that traditionally got flu vaccines this year, we've seen a lessening in those people. I think people might be vaccine fatigued, and that obviously creates more transmission, and people get sicker when they don't have vaccines. Um, Are you saying that, like, my family and I got our vaccines our COVID vaccines, I think, around November, December. Uh, but are, are, are you suggesting that people are kind of shying away from vaccines now? They are. The flu, we used to have a much higher uh, percentage of people that got their flu shots every year up until COVID. And then with COVID, people did, weren't getting flu as much because we were masking all the time. So we mm-hmm. see that masking works for respiratory viruses. 
But now in general, I think there's an overall fatigue. When you say fatigue, you mean people saying, <laughs> not, I'm not doing not this doing anymore. It. Not doing it. And as someone who I just got my shingles, pneumonia, flu, and COVID shot. And I have to say there was a moment when I said to myself, should I keep getting all these shots? So I do, I kind of can understand people's thinking how much. So it's, a, it's certainly a big question. Um, um, the, P, the COVID cases you're seeing, uh, are people maybe coming down with COVID, maybe coming down with COVID, but they're not getting as sick. That, Correct. Yeah. Hospitalizations did bump up a little over the holidays again, but not to the degree that we saw. And it wasn't in the intensive care unit where we were really seeing the sickest patients. So earlier this month, the Massachusetts reported uh, 27, or I should say 2,792 confirmed coronavirus cases, 37 deaths in the week from January 28th to February 3rd. Um, it may be an update coming around again this week. I'm not quite sure. I'm sure there will be. But um, uh, clearly, there's not as many cases. Correct. And it's not as deadly or serious uh, as uh, it was, let's say, two years ago. I would say yes, but I would do the caveat that people that are immunocompromised or have underlying, particularly people with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or asthma, those patients can still get quite sick. So again, um, yeah, we can say that COVID is diminishing, but we can't say it's gone away. Correct. And we shouldn't say it's gone away because you can still get sick. You can still... Uh, feel lousy. Uh, you can feel like you've got a whopper of a cold, but uh, thankfully uh, that's not as bad as some of the early uh, diagnoses. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 2020, 2021. So now the CDC is on the verge of doing away with the requirement, or the, not the requirement, but the recommended five-day isolation period. Uh, that's uh, making news this, this week, this past week. Now, the isolation period really was staying home for five days when you test positive. Is that right? Is that how it works? Yes. It was five days if you test positive and you're symptomatic. And then they were suggesting once you were after five days, if you're not symptomatic, that you should wear a mask for five days, but that you can go out. Okay. So that's interesting because uh, in October of 22, October 22? No. Yeah, I came down with COVID. And uh, I was sick for three, four days. Started to feel better on the five-day. But I still tested positive. And that's happened, I think, to a lot of people I've talked with. They still test positive. Day six, day seven, day eight. And uh, this this business, this radio station we were at, uh, happens to be WBSM in New Bedford, said, you can't come back until you test negative. Uh-huh. Of course, things were different then. Right. Are we smarter now? Or are we just, this taking away the isolation period is just a, a common sense kind of move? I think we're smarter now. I think that many communicable diseases we've seen in the past are usually transmission happens when someone's sick and you're actually transmitting the virus out into the environment. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I would say that 
again, we've watched what's happened and looked at the trends. And I do think that once someone's asymptomatic, the likelihood of transmission diminishes significantly. All right. Nothing's ever zero with no. No, communicable I, diseases. They yeah. kind We're of no have camera. minds of their own and they change their DNA and have clever ways of outfoxing our bodies. No guarantees. No with guarantees, right. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest is Cheryl Bartlett, the executive uh, officer of the New Bedford Community Health Center. Um, the statistics I read just a moment ago, 2,700 new cases, 37 deaths. How do you interpret those figures? What do you say about that? Yeah, you know, I I'd have to, I haven't looked at the numbers in that way from a state perspective mm-hmm. in a while, so I, I don't know that I know what the comparison was at the worst and yeah. how were we last year at this time. So um, I can just say that what I'm seeing at the health center is uh, there again was this spike around the holidays mm-hmm. and has come down significantly. I think the a couple of other things that are of interest is that we are now capable of measuring the virus in wastewater. And so we can actually see before we start to see spikes in cases that people have virus in their bodies. And so that is definitely a correlation to that we're probably going to see a surge in actual disease. And we saw that in December early, the wastewater numbers went up, and then people started really getting symptomatic and sick. And one other thing that we found interesting this year around the holidays, particularly watching our employees who got COVID, was that it took two to three days while they were symptomatic to actually test positive. So we were saying, hmm, is this a cold? Is this COVID? Now you have like four things to say, what is it? Um, The coronavirus cases by county, uh, there's some interesting numbers. Now this was... uh, taken last week in January to early February. But in Bristol County, there were 156 new cases reported during that time. In Plymouth County, there were 212 new cases reported during that time. And in Barnstable County, 127. Uh, that, those are interesting numbers. I mean, uh, Bristol County more than Plymouth County. What it could be, of course, is that People who are sick are not reporting. They're not, they don't, they don't, uh, when they have COVID, they don't right. call the doctors or anything like that. And these are state numbers, correct? State that numbers, they're reported yes. by the state. So yep. again, I'll go back to that people are testing at home. And so they are, but I guess you could make the correlation that the same number percentage of people might test at home no matter what county sure. it is. Sure. But I'm not necessarily surprised about Bristol County because if you recall in the beginning, the Hispanic population had a lar- the largest number of cases, and we have a large Hispanic population in the region. Mm-hmm. And so I can see they live in um, a lot more people in their housing, and they a lot of them work in essential workplaces that are close to one another, and we're not using the same kind of social distancing and other precautions. So that's not necessarily totally surprising to me. Apparently, there's so much disagreement on the dangers of uh, COVID in 2024. I would like to read a couple of quotes published in the Globe in recent days. 
about COVID. Uh, bear with me here, and I'm going to try and plow through these. Uh, this is the first quote here, uh, Cheryl. Public health has to be realistic, said Michael T. Osterholm, an infectious disease expert at the University of Minnesota. In making recommendations to the public today, we have to try to get the most out of what people are willing to do. You can be absolutely right on the science and yet accomplish nothing because no one is going to listen. Uh, I think in some cases where we're there, we're at that point. Yes, um, I would say we're there big um, time. So there's got to be a little common sense when right. these health agencies right. like CDC make a recommendation. Right. To me, sometimes recommendations that come out of science are the ideal, the perfect, and we don't live in a perfect world. And I always say it's what level of risk are we willing as a society to tolerate? And I think we probably learned that closing schools wasn't the greatest thing. If we did a public health analysis of the impact of school closures on children, it's probably way more significant than the COVID that is exposure. A sad, sad a very situation. sad. Yeah, that, that, is, that is not good. I was heartbroken I, when we did that. Yeah, I think the districts uh, are still trying to play catch up Absolutely. with many youngsters. Quote number two, um, Cheryl. She, uh, this is from Laura uh, Germanis, who's a clinical instructor at Harvard Medical School. She's talking about eliminating the isolation days. And she says, doing so sweeps the serious illness under the rug. Public health officials should treat COVID differently from other respiratory viruses, she said, because it's deadlier than the flu and increases the risk of developing long-term complications. Now, uh, this is not part of the quote, but as many as 7% of Americans reportedly have suffered from a slew of lingering COVID symptoms, uh, including fatigue, difficulty breathing, brain fog, joint pain, and ongoing loss of taste and smell. That's according to the CDC. Um, I don't know how many of those types of cases they hear in our area, but clearly those kinds of reactions make you say, boy, we, we shouldn't ignore COVID. Right. Yeah. I would agree. And as somebody with asthma, and I got COVID for the first time in November, um, I was pretty sick with it. And breathing was very hard to do. And mm-hmm. I still have lingering effects from it that make me fearful of getting it again. Um, now, the new isolation recommendations, by the way, would not apply to hospitals and other healthcare settings, including community health centers, I assume, with more vul- uh, vulnerable populations, that according to the CDC. So um, it, there's the ongoing debate. That's yeah. what we've got here, an ongoing it is. science, medical uh, debate. With yes, it. and a lot of people sort of, in hindsight, saying we coulda, shoulda, woulda, but um, I think no one knew how to handle it. And once people started taking very strong restrictive actions with lockdowns, who wants to be the politician that steps out and says that doesn't make sense? And we're not going to do that because all you need is casualties that come back to haunt you. So I think politically and sociologically, it becomes really challenging to decide what the best thing to do is. What do you think is going to happen in the spring and summer? 
I think we'll be good in the spring and summer. We, I think we've seen, if you look at the trends over the years, that the summers are good because we're outside and transmission is a lot less uh, easily uh, shared amongst uh, our friends. We are outside in the air, keeps circulating, and it moves the viruses around where you're in confined environments. And air recirculates sometimes with our air quality systems that we have. Mm-hmm. In general, uh, we're closing here. Uh, what would you say to the public about COVID as we head into 2024? I would say people have to think about themselves and their families, what level of risk they're comfortable with. Are there family members that have other chronic diseases that put them at higher risk? and that we should wear masks if we feel that we want to protect ourselves and our loved ones. But I don't think we should have an aggressive all-out masking policy because I think people don't do it anyway, and we kind of kid ourselves. Even when I have to say I shouldn't say this, but we did mandatory masking. I saw patients that had them under their chin, and people just don't seem to want to wear the masks anymore. Yep. So voluntary, make your own family's decisions, and you're still going to be protected. And get vaccinated. I will keep coming back to the vaccine. Even if you get COVID, you'll be less sick. So it's a positive no matter what. It isn't a preventative. But My guest has been Cheryl Bartlett, CEO of the New Bedford Community Health Center. Cheryl, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Always much. glad to be here, Jim. More to come on Town Square Sunday. Stay right here.